What if you discovered your calling in life when you were in fourth grade, but it took you 25 years to make it happen, to actually realize that that's what you were supposed to be doing all along. That's what happened to our guest from last episode, Licia Morelli. She had an incredible life full of ups and downs. She was a psychic for a while. She's still a very intuitive person. That never went away, but she was doing it as a business. She was a copywriter. She was running businesses. She was doing all of these things. And finally, she landed back on being a freelance copywriter, doing exactly what she wanted to do, helping the people that she wanted to help. And all of that had been determined when she won an award when she was in fourth grade for writing. And it took her all this time to get back around. So what about you? Was there something or is there something that is still singing in your heart telling you that is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life, but you're ignoring it for some reason because you don't think there's any money in it because you think people are going to judge you. What is that thing? What is that thing? Are you listening to that voice? My name is Ina Coveney and I'm an online presence expert for online coaches. And what you are experiencing right now is the companion episode to an amazing interview that we had in the last episode of the Global Phenomenon podcast. So make sure you go back and listen to my conversation with Licia Morelli, because in this episode, I'm going to teach you the three things that Licia Morelli is doing very right in her new business and you should start doing right now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while you're preparing for the long weekend, I would love for you to head over to the review section, leave a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. This is the Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. And before we get to the teaching, I'm going to answer some of your questions. If you would like to leave me a question, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com Enter it there and I will answer it on the air. The first question comes from Misha Nicole Vayner. She's a certified holistic health coach at MishaVayner.com. And her question is, what are the checklist items for someone getting started in creating a podcast? Very easy. I'm going to give them to you right now. Just five steps. Step one, get a great microphone. Great audio is essential to a great podcast. People will not listen to your podcast. They won't care if you have the cure for cancer inside that podcast. If you don't have clean audio, we've all been spoiled by the NPR One app and by This American Life and all of those really highly produced shows because they sound very clean. So you got to have clean audio too. If you would like, you can just swipe mine. If you go to theglobalphenomenon.com slash toolbox. That's going to take you to where I have listed my microphone and my webcam, you know, the tools that I use for the trade and you can get them from there. Yes, these are affiliate links and I thank you for them. So number one is clean audio. Get yourself a microphone. Number two, get yourself a host. So I don't really have a, an affiliate link for any hosts out there. And this is actually, even though I've been podcasting for nine years, I self 
hosted my podcast for a very long time. So I only started using a host this year. I'm not afraid to tell you my host is called Megaphone. And I've also heard very good things about Libsyn. I've heard really good things about Podbean. There's a million of them out there. What you need to know is that yes, you need to create an account. Yes, you need to pay for it. Um, it shouldn't break the bank, but you have to be aware of how they charge you. Some hosts prefer to charge you for the space that you're occupying in their servers, which means that if your podcasts are really long, uh, they're going to charge you more than if your podcasts are really short. But there's some other hosts who are going to charge you based on bandwidth. So if you have really long podcasts, but you only have 10 listeners a month, they're not going to charge you as much as if you have very short podcasts, but you have a million listeners per month. That's going to cost you more. So each host does it differently and they have different analytics available. So look into them. Pick one, sign up for an account. Number three, schedule a few episodes and give them the same kind of structure. So play with it, play with it a little bit. You guys know what the structure is for mine. I always start with an introduction. Then you have my musical intro. Then you have the questions. Then you have a little sound. And then we go into the teaching and then we go another little sound. And then I have a bookend. I have the outro, right? Uh, and then the musical outro. So every podcast episode follows the same format. Pick your format and make sure you stick with it. You, you want to reduce the anxiety of people listening. You want them to know exactly what to expect next. So record a few episodes, give them a good structure that you feel good about. Step four, schedule them out. Plan on releasing the first three episodes on the same day and then schedule out one episode per week from then on out. And finally, step five, promote, promote, promote. Just having a podcast doesn't mean that a million people have access to it. It's time for you to go out there and tell everyone to come and listen, to come and leave a review, to subscribe, give people good reasons to subscribe to your podcast and tell them that it's there. Promotion, it's up to you. It's not up to anybody else. That's it. Really short. I think that took me like two minutes to just tell you how you get started with a podcast in these five steps. I really hope that helps you, Misha, and everybody else who's listening. The next question comes from Samantha Evelfa de Matos. She's a life coach and you can find her on Instagram at Samantha de Matos. That's D-E Matos, M-A-T-T-O-S, Samantha de Matos on Instagram. Her question is, I have a question about the joys of dealing with unpleasant men while trying to sell online. Have you ever offered free coaching discovery calls and had unpleasant men with ulterior motives trying to get on a call with you? How do you handle it? This is a great question, Samantha, because it does happen. Um, I have actually had to cancel meetings that people just set up because there is a button on my website that says, hey, come and set up a meeting here. Um, I have it as a rule that I don't get on calls with people that I don't know. So usually, and this is true for anything, usually you're not selling anything online to complete strangers. The people who decide to get on a call with you have been around you for a while. Nobody's going to get to know you on day one and sign up the next day. Those situations are very, very rare very few and far between. So usually you will be able to hang out with people, maybe in your Facebook group, in your Instagram community. You will know who these people are when they set up a call with you and you'll be able to see their name on your calendar. If you don't recognize the name, 
Or if on your calendar, they didn't fill out the questionnaire properly because there's always a questionnaire to get on a call with me. At least you have to tell me what are your goals for this call. So if I don't understand what you said, because I've had people try to set up calls with me and it's just like a one-liner. I've had people set up uh, calls with me and I know that they're in a different country and I've never had any interaction with them in the past. I, for one, You know, I will talk to anybody who wants to talk to me as long as I need to know that there's safety there. I need to know that this is serious. And when somebody is serious about getting on a call with me, they will fill out that questionnaire and they will tell me, this is what's happening right now. This is what I want to get to. I think you can help me. And by their email address, by the information they give me, I'm able to look them up and see if they're legit. Do they have a real business, right? So are they already online? Can I see them? Can I find them? And if I see that it's legitimate and you get your gut feeling, right? You're like, okay, I feel like I could talk to this person. especially if they say that they heard about me from something like if there is it's very specific I'm like that this sounds legitimate let's get on a call and do this Um, but it doesn't always happen if I get somebody who just leaves me a one-liner in that description and I've never seen their name before I actually follow up by email I'm like hi I, I noticed that you set up a meeting with me to talk about this can you please give me more context as to what you need if they don't respond like within a couple of days I cancel the meeting and I'm like hi I've been trying to reach you I have been unable to please get back to me and then we can set up a call to see if I can help you so I try not to get on calls with anybody that I don't know I have also had uh, men who consistently send me messages and uh, I if I don't respond I am hoping that they will get the hint that I'm probably not going to have messenger conversations with them I have had them uh, leave me a comment and say, hey, you know, I am interested in getting on a call. And I, because they've been around, I already know they're not my ideal client. And I just say so. I'm like, hi, actually, this is for online coaches who have a business. I have done this before. And if that person is listening right now, they know exactly who they are, right? So I want to be very respectful, especially if they appreciate my work. But if they're not my ideal client and I can't help them, I'm not going to get on a call with anyone. So I protect my space. I protect my process. And I don't just let anybody in. It's got to be the right person. And um, I have to know that for sure. So yeah, I really hope that this is helpful. If this is what is stopping you or anybody who's listening, if this is what's stopping you from having that button on your website that you are afraid of who's going to try to get on a call with you, just remember that you're on the other side of that call, that you don't have to get on a call if you don't feel safe and comfortable, right? So make sure that you are, really. You don't have to accept every single phone call. If you don't feel right about it, cancel it, send a respectful email, and just leave it at that. And if you start to feel threatened, you can always block it. You do not even ha- it doesn't even have to reach the um, reach the point of threat. It it could just Im- just be an annoyance. You are free to protect yourself, your safety, and just block that person. That is one hundred percent in your purview. You don't owe anything to anyone. All right. This is your business. You make yourself comfortable in it and with the interactions that you have with people that you don't know online, just be safe. So I really hope this is helpful for anyone listening out there. Thank you so much, Samantha, for your question. And for anybody else, if you would like to leave me a question, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, enter your question there, and I will answer it on the air. 
Are you ready to find out what are the three things that Licia Morelli is doing very right in her business and you should start doing right now? Number one is that she knows what she wants and she's not waiting around for it to happen. She's just going for it. She told us herself that, you know, she doesn't have to have all of the steps lined up. Once she discovered that this is her home, that this is what her life is supposed to be like. She just started putting herself out there and before she even realized that she was getting clients. So what is the lesson here? The lesson is that if there is something in your heart that is making you sing, that it is whispering in your ear, that is telling you, hey, what about me? What about this thing that you wanted to do? Why are you focused on all these other things? I really wanted to make this work with you. Come on, why are you not listening to me? I think it's time to start to listen to that intuition, right? For Lysia, that was a being a writer. She wanted to be a writer. The entire time, her entire career, she just wanted to write. And she finally made it there. She's finally here where she's discovering this amazing world that is opening up for her when she's working with her passion, when she's doing what she wants. So the real question here is, what do you want? What do you really, really want? And if the first answer that comes to your head is money, May I suggest that you take that, honor it, put it aside, and tell me what is the second thing you want, all right? If money wasn't an issue, if money wasn't even a concern, what would you do all day? What do you want to do? How do you want to leave a legacy? How do you want to make an impact in the world? How do you want to fulfill your full potential? How do you want to do that? What is that thing? And just start doing it. For Alicia, when she first started with the whole psychic part of her life, all she did was set up a Facebook page and talk about psychic things. Can you do that? Can you do that same thing? Just start a Facebook page and start talking about that thing that you love to do. And just see what happens. See where it takes you. Start to keep your eyes open and discover, is there anybody else doing this thing that I love to do? that I have no idea how to make money doing, but is there anybody else doing it so that I can start to follow in some footsteps? So that is really my message for you for step one, is to know what you want, and you're the only person who can determine that. Number two, Lysia nurtures a small audience. So raise your hand if this is you. You started a mailing list, you started a Facebook group, and you have 10 people in it, 15 people in it, 50 people in it, and you keep telling yourself, that's not enough people. I need to get more people in. I need to get more people in, right? You know what Lysia does is she says, I want to talk to you, 10 people. I want to talk to you, 50 people. Come and chat with me. Reply to my emails. Let's have a pen pal conversation, right? Everybody who's there talking to you, they are already bought in. They want more of you, right? So instead of looking at what is next and what is next, what about we start to talk to those who are already there? Get to know them better. Give them a ton of value. And you know what that means when I say give them a ton of value is help them. All right. That's how you nurture a small audience. And that small audience will multiply if you're truly giving them what they need. How do you know what they need? You ask them. So that is one thing that Lisa is doing that I really think you should be doing, which is the whole purpose of this whole list, right? And number three, she knows her audience to a T. 
when I asked her who she serves, she was very specific. I don't know if you noticed this. She was very specific. I speak to people who have already made it in their businesses and they are the copywriting bottleneck in their businesses. I want to remove that bottleneck. I want to step in and speak like them, to step into their voice. She doesn't help people, you know, put up copy in websites, right? If they're just starting out. She doesn't um, ghostwrite for anybody. She knows specifically what she does. And that is stepping into somebody else's voice and speaking like them, actually helping them with that problem. She doesn't help people find their voice. She helps people who already have one, right? So imagine knowing your niche so specifically like that. It's not just, I'm a copywriter and I write copy. It's, I'm a copywriter for people who are done with the copywriting process, who have already perfected their voice. And now I'm going to go and step into their shoes so that they can go and do something else. That is a very specific niche and she knows it exactly. Do you know your niche? Do you know exactly who you help? I know who I help. I love my online entrepreneurs who are trying to make it in their business, who want more clients, who want more leads, who want a bigger audience, but they're not there yet. That's my sweet spot. You guys have any idea how many coaches have told me that I should help even bigger coaches? right? Because I mean, I have the complete technical know-how to help somebody set up a whole bunch of systems in their business, right? I know how to help people level up. But the people who fire me up are the ones who are between zero and two years in their business. Those are my people, the ones who have a ton to learn and a ton to grow from, right? And that's who I love creating offers for because I love pulling them up. I love being like, yes, it's safe on this side. Come on over. I love those people. And that's my demographic is extremely specific in that it's not just people who are just trying things out to see if they work, right? But if they don't work, they're going to go back to their full-time job. That's not my people. My people have already burned the boats at the beach. They know this is their life and what they want to do. Now it's a matter of making it work, right? Those are my people. So who are your people? How specific can you get with helping them out? Know that just like Alicia does. So let's recap. Here are the three things you should be doing. Number one, know what you want. Are you in the field, in the niche that you want? Make sure that you are. And if if this is making you nervous, if this is giving you a little bit of anxiety, maybe there's something there. So really figure out what you want. Number two, nurture your small audience. Don't forget them. And number three, know who your audience is and define it very specifically. You guys know one of the hardest things to do is, is to say, I can help anyone with this, but I won't. I only want to help these people. That's how a business moves forward and moves forward much faster when you know who you help. All right. I really hope that was helpful. I'll see you on the other side. All right. How did that feel? Did you get a little bit of a kick in the pants so that you can do exactly what you want next? I really hope so. If this episode gave you anxiety because it feels like you're not doing the right things, follow that thread. (laughs) Follow it until you figure it out, until it feels like you have arrived and you're home just like Licia did. 
And I hope that you will click on subscribe because on the next episode, Zach Spuckler. Oh my, I can't believe I interviewed Zach Spuckler. I am so excited to share this with you guys. So Zach, I discovered him because he was the challenges prodigy. I discovered him because he was featured on Amy Porterfield's podcast talking about launches. And to this day, that is my Bible. That episode, episode number 144 is my Bible to how to run a challenge. And it came from Zach Spuckler. So he decided to just, he had a thriving business. He had a thriving business selling online courses and he decided to turn off the light on that business. He didn't even leave it running by itself to do something else. He shut it off. He offboarded all of his clients, turned off all of his courses, and he focused on agency work, on actually working with people one-on-one through an agency model. And now he's back. And I asked him how he's going to do this because he is somebody who is not starting from scratch with no knowledge. He's starting from scratch with knowledge. It's almost like he built Rome up and he crumbled it down and now he's going to build it again and it's going to be super interesting to watch. So come and listen to that episode with Zach Spockler so that you can learn the lessons that he did his first time around and you can learn what he's going to do the second time around to make sure that it really, really works for him, for him in particular, because he was working for everybody before. Come and listen. I don't want to give away the entire episode, but hit subscribe and come listen to the interview with Zach Spuckler next time. And if you would like to leave me a question for the next Q&A segment, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com. Leave me a question there. I will answer it on the air and I will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.